0: Hi, I'm Mara Webster within Creative Company, and I'm so excited today to be joined by Hannah Kalik-Brown to talk all about her television series, The Undeclared War. Um, And I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the audition process for this, because it was a very long and extensive audition process over the course of about a year. But I love the fact that along the way, it actually sounds like you got a lot more information and a lot more detail on the character than you tend to get, you know, even having details and notes from Peter Kaminsky about the character and at one point getting the whole first episode and so so interested into the relationship that you developed with the character along the way throughout that process and and a lot of the depth and and subtext that you were able to bring into the audition process which usually isn't always the case when you're just working off of a side or a particular scene.
1: Yeah fantastic question um I really enjoyed the audition process for Undeclared War. I think if you're going to do a year-long audition process, you have to enjoy it so that you don't go mad. Um, But it was brilliant. I I first sent a self-tape in around February 2020, just before lockdown happened. And... um, that was I assumed it would just sort of be a normal process but then of course with lockdown things kept getting pushed things kept getting moved so um I don't know if it was intended to be a year-long process but that's what it ended up being um and yeah I sent my first tape I did what I do with all my tapes on it I worked really hard on the material but no kind of expectation of a result coming from it just really enjoying it um obviously seeing what it was was quite exciting I was like oh series lead Peter Kuzminski (laughs) but I I don't get attached to things early on or at all really because it's safer that way so yeah I just sent my tape did did hard work on it but I think quite early on I knew that that Sarah was special and the writing was amazing and um, even the first character breakdown I got was quite quite lengthy I mean I'm used to getting a few lines you know of what the character's like in an an original self-tape but he Peter wrote kind of a big chunk Um, send that off and then I got a request for another tape for the same scenes but with some notes which was pretty cool because getting notes via email and it was a page of notes um, with more character information and specific stuff about my performance that he thought maybe I could try differently that was really cool because it's basically like a recall tape um so I, I sent that off um really enjoyed working on it with his notes I mean Peter's really a an actor's director he's very character based so all of his notes go really deep into um backstory and objectives and character and it was really cool and he also gave me notes on on affectation as well because I'm quite different from Sarah I'm quite energetic in the way that I I move a lot when I talk Sarah's really not like that and I think Peter knew that quite early on she's quite still and she doesn't move very much and she's got a different kind of posture to me and he gave me notes on those and then I had a zoom recall which was great that was with um, Andy and Victor, Andy Briley and Victor Jenkins, who cast the show. And they're amazing, amazing casting directors. Um, by the time I got to the Zoom recall, I'd been given, I think, maybe six or seven scenes and one or two episodes. And that was a few months after my first tape. And um, more notes from Peter, which was amazing. And kind of a, <laughs> a like five page document about Sarah's life and about her childhood, about her school years, about her relationships, about her family, about her character, about why she is who she is, and about who she is. And that was just so cool because you're lucky if you get that when you get the job. And I got it for the resume recall. And it that was just like gold dust. And I was just so excited I was working through it all and I was um, doing loads of script work as if I had got the job already, because that was what it felt like. It felt like we were workshopping something um, and it really didn't matter what the result was because it was so fun and so fulfilling. And then I had the, the recall and I think on the Zoom recall, it was Andy who read in all the other characters and he was brilliant, <laughs> he was so good. I think he was an actor um, when he, before he went into casting and you can tell because he gave me so much to work with and it was fantastic. Um, and it went on for quite a while we we kind of overrun the audition a little bit and then it was a long break while they were just being pushed and delayed with COVID and throughout this whole period I just couldn't put the damn script down and I couldn't stop working on it and I didn't stop thinking about Sara the whole time which I don't recommend people do because if it doesn't go your way that's kind of kind of sucks but I I just couldn't put it down and then um The final audition was about a year after my original tape, and that was in person. And I had already gained so much throughout that year from Peter. I basically had her whole childhood written down and I'd filled in all the gaps and I'd created memories of hers and I'd lived them. And I'd done so much work that I would do to prep a role anyway. So by the time I went to my final audition, I was just I'd already gained so much from the year and I'd gained so much from Peter's notes and I was so excited and I didn't call it an audition I refused to call it audition I said it was a workshop and I was going and I kept saying to myself you know don't hold on to any result because you would pay to go to this to go and spend an hour workshopping a load of scenes with Peter Kuzminski and two of the best casting directors in the game like I would pay to do that I really would so I just thought enjoy it and um, share your work work really hard on them which I did share and share your work and, and enjoy the process and I did I really really loved it and I think we I was given about eight scenes we only got through two or three because we ran over again and it was Victor who read in on the final one and he was fabulous too I mean, they're, they're just great, Andy and Victor. And it went really well and I loved it. And I already felt like I'd formed Sarah's character quite a lot. And and I changed her as well. Even in the audition, Peter was like, remember not to move too much because <laughs> I'm so like Eff! in real life and Sarah's very still. And um, I learned more even in that last audition about about how she approaches things and about the way her mind works. It was just so much character work all along the way so but by the time I actually got the job a lot of the work was already done which was amazing and that was the time that I used to do other kinds of prep as well
0: and I love what you're, you're saying and you're describing about that stillness in Sarah as a character because it's it's so evident and, and there's a lot of aspects of her which are very internalized. She's, you know, there's so many things even after the passing of her father where she's at home with her partner and she's not talking about it. She very much kind of holds everything inside and kind of pushes oh, a lot down yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of that also coming from pressure that she's putting on herself. So there's lots of different elements of that so what were some of the key kind of components and and subtext that you really wanted to bring to her as a character in terms of the fact that she is very internalized a lot of the time but for very different reasons at different points
1: yeah I mean, she's definitely like that she she kind of she's not used to experiencing the breadth of emotion that she's forced to experience in the show because in the show it's like the worst two weeks of her life you know it's like so much horrible stuff happens (laughs) And so she's forced to confront emotion that day to day she just doesn't engage with. She's not an emotional person. And it's it's too much for her, I think. And and she she does internalize it. She kind of locks it down and she throws herself into her work. And there's this moment where, you know, she uh, in episode one where she's in the family sitting room after the death of her father and her mother is really having a go at her and being really hard on her and internally she's being really hard on herself and she just she's about to explode and it it cuts to this moment where she's walking through the corridor at GCHQ going back to work at 10pm that same night and I think it's amazing because I, I really felt that kind of avoidance of of like reality and trauma and throwing herself into work at such intensity and then what I found amazing was when I saw the final cut the music and the sound and the editing really brought that out and I was like wow she really is just burying herself in something else so that she doesn't have to deal with what's going on and and you're right when she comes home it's just something she cannot do she cannot face that and she doesn't cook at all as a person. She never does the cooking. And there she is doing the pots and pans at the back of the kitchen, anything to not have to deal with what's happened. So that was definitely one of the things is that, that she really buries her um, emotional vulnerability and she displaces it as much as she can. And that, yeah, that was a core cool thing. I think another thing that was at the core of Sarah that's very different to me is that she's not too concerned about what other people think of her she's quite uh, peter uses the word spiky which i love because it's it is Oh, it's like a almost tactile word but she is quite spiky and she's quite blunt and she's quite um she doesn't necessarily think about how other people feel when she says or does things she kind of just goes with whatever she wants and down um, the consequences sometimes whereas i'm i'm not like that i'm really conscious of what other people think of me a lot of the time which is probably something I need to work on but you know I'm, I'm someone who wants to make sure everyone feels good and everyone's happy. Sarah's not like that she it doesn't really come into her field of vision she's very very much concerned with the puzzle and that's kind of one of the biggest drives in her is the puzzle and that doesn't necessarily mean coding because people can be puzzles too but it, it's always the puzzle that has her brain and her heart it's all the time what she's thinking about a lot of the time it's what she's doing at work it's like what is the next step in this puzzle this piece of work this this malware this absolute riddle of things going on in front of her that she needs to work out things that people have said to her bits of information she's got bits things she needs to decode what's the next step and as soon as she's got the next step it's always what's the next step after that and that was kind of almost a mantra that I had for Sarah, which is what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? Because that really does drive her. And that's the same with people. I think she sees people like John as a puzzle. She doesn't understand him. It's, she's, he's like a weird piece of code. And she's like, what's going on? And, and she gets a bit closer and she finds a way into him that other people don't. And she finds a little way into his heart and his mind. And she's trying to understand him. The same with Gabriel. She's like, she needs to kind of use Gabriel to get what she needs. And she works out how to get to him. Sometimes it's through making him feel like maybe she thinks he can't do something. And that makes him say, no, I can do it. I will do it. You know, she's 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 quite cunning. <laughs> and, and the next step is always a drive for her. The puzzle is at the heart of her. And, and then the other thing is just her dad is the only person that's ever understood her really and and their bond is so so profound and um intense and I think one of the wider kind of super objectives that Sarah has that's always underneath everything she's doing is I want to make my dad proud and they all kind of intermingle but in in every scene that's somewhere underneath I think
0: Yeah, no, it it really, really is that that resonance. And and with what you were saying about the, the puzzle kind of always being at the foreground, I wanted to talk a little bit about your performance when it comes to moments where we do see her kind of trying to decode something and trying to solve those puzzles, because I love the visualization that Peter brought into the show where we step inside of her mind. But from a performance standpoint, it's so fascinating because you're trying to bring that sense of what is it she's trying to solve? How is she approaching it? What's the tension or the pressure that's building within her? What's coming? in from our home life as you're just kind of like sitting in front of a computer and trying to create all of that in a visualization again with that stillness that you were talking about before and then you're also filming these juxtaposed moments of very different types of settings based on the type of puzzle that she's trying to solve in terms of her reaching the next step and so how did you approach those those two very different sides of, of your performance knowing that they were going to be melded together visually on screen?
1: Yeah that's a great question I think Peter really hit on something genius when he thought of code world that's what we, we call the landscape the surreal landscape it's code world um I think I don't think anyone's really tried to depict the code sphere in that way where you can digest it in a kind of storytelling manner that isn't you don't need to look at ones and zeros on a screen because I, I think people have done that before you know have code flying up the screen but it's quite impenetrable for a viewer and and for the average person Who doesn't know code? It's just like, what what even is that? So I really loved that Peter did something that takes you into the mind of Sarah and into the mind of what she's doing. Um, And it was really fun (laughs) to shoot those because, I mean, so many of the scenes in the real world are so tense and dark and a lot of them are quite emotionally demanding and a lot of character trauma and then we would get days where we were like jumping in the sea and like climbing up walls and standing on top of crazy landscapes and walking through fields and and that was such a nice kind of way to punctuate all the other really intense stuff we were doing Um, but yeah it was it was great I love how it shows how her mind works and how Sarah works differently because she thinks outside of the box. It's one of the reasons why she's so brilliant and so much better than everyone at what she does is because she does think differently. And she she looks in places other people wouldn't look. And she questions things that other people wouldn't question. And she tries things that other people wouldn't try, which I think is really cool when you see it in this adventure landscape and you see her spot something and question it. And then the tool belt is great because that's like a legit, representation of coding because it's tools it's a bunch of tools that you call up like when you're coding you're you you think okay what do I need to solve this problem oh I know I have that in my library I'm going to call it up and that's what happens when Sarah sees something she kind of locks onto it and then her in her tool belt appears what she needs like a crowbar or a hammer or a chisel or something to get past the obstacle Um, so in that way it made sense and I could kind of Link what I was doing, like when Sarah's looking at a screen and she's coming up to something that she doesn't understand and it doesn't make sense, like like the bunch of garbage in front of her. And then when she's in code world, she's staring at this huge pile of garbage. And and Peter works in such a way that he's got this mapped out to a T. (laughs) Like he's, I don't know how he keeps it all in his head. Like everything, every character, their whole life, plus the whole story, plus every interweaving link is in his head all the time and i i really relied on him when we were on set and he'd he'd be saying so this is when she's here in code world and we've shot that and that's when you were looking for this and you know those kinds of things and when we were shooting code world he'd be saying things like it doesn't it doesn't look right it doesn't seem right try somewhere else try this try that and so it was yeah it was peter who really knitted it all together and and it really made sense and i i, I prepped for the role by learning to code and and really getting to grips with it. And it kind of really made sense. The more I learned about coding, the more code world seemed like this is perfect. This is a perfect representation of how it works.
0: And, and it sounds like in working with Peter as a director as well, that you know there was a real opportunity to do really long takes of scenes and to really kind of sit in the moment. And, and for you getting that opportunity to do multiple takes or to do really long takes of scenes, how did that help you in terms of just immersing in particular moments and finding a lot of the different beats and emotional trajectories for Sarah?
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, Peter is just... <laughs> an astounding director and he's such a um a generous director with his actors because he does give us so much time and he gives us so many um notes in such a way that really gets to the core of what's going on and and sometimes he'll give you a note and it will just be like the penny drops and he's spoken to the heart of the character he's not even spoken to you and you've met him in the middle and he's just amazing but those really really long takes were I mean, I don't know how he found the time. <laughs> we were just like, we were hardly had any time. And yet we would do takes that we went all the way through pages and pages of dialogue. And it really meant that you could fully sit in the scene, connect with your scene partner, get lost in the the under the spell of the scene and under the spell of your character and under the spell of the the situation and the given circumstances. And it, you could really, like you say, immerse yourself in the world. and um, it was amazing I mean there were some scenes that we do especially some of the more emotionally demanding ones that I was quite nervous about because I'd I'd never been asked to cry on camera before I'd never been asked to kind of have these kind of emotional breakdown scenes before because I'm had almost no experience coming into this of actual working on set or something this scale of this scale so I was nervous about them and I was thinking I don't know how I'm going to how I'm going to do this or if I if I can only do it once and then I'll run out of steam but the way that Peter works is just so generous and with so much trust and with so much I don't even know it was just it's a really loving caring atmosphere to work on Peter's set and we would do takes and it would just grow and grow and grow and grow and you'd get to take 10 and you'd be giving more and more and I think it was like also lucky that all of the other actors were so generous and so giving that even when it wasn't on them they were giving everything they had to you and there becomes this kind of a mutual understanding that it's like even when I know that it's the back of my head I'm going to give you 100% because this is a this is what we're giving to each other to create this reality and that really happened quite a few times where I would have somebody and and they're not getting covered at all by the camera but their tears are pouring out their eyes and they're giving me so much because the camera's on me and then those really long takes you know you can do loads of them and they're still being generous enough to give you that even when they're not being seen and you do the same then to for them because it's a you know it's an exchange and it's a collaboration and that was really amazing too, but it, it was amazing because you, you'd find more and more every take. I mean, you get to take seven or eight of a five page dialogue scene where there's crying and there's emotion and you're getting to the, the last few takes and you're still finding a word that just clicks, and a word that just changes something or a moment or a look or something that opens up a whole new world of vulnerability uh, we, we had one one day in particular that will stay with me forever where um, I don't know if you have got to this yet in your watching, but only oh no, not sure. But it, it's it's a scene between Sarah and James um, and it's one where they're having a really emotional, intense conversation. And um, that's a long scene and it's pages of dialogue and it's difficult emotional work for both actors and Ed who plays James and me we kind of stayed away from each other that morning because we knew that we had a big a big emotional scene coming up and we needed to protect our energy and we got on set and because it was in the in the bedroom there were lots of angles they had to get wires they had to get close ups on both of us they had to get mid shots on both of us i knew that i was going to be filming this over 10 takes because of the amount of coverage they were going to have to get and I was nervous. I was thinking I'm going to I'm about to cry now because I'm like all my prep and everything is quite close to me. But I'm about to do my first take and I'm going to lose it all. There, <laughs> it's all going to be gone and I'm going to give it all and it will be done. And they won't have they won't have it on every take and it's going to mismatch. But for some reason, sitting in those scenes for those lengths of time and like the quietness on set and then the. the atmosphere from everyone all the ADs all the crew was just so calm and so um quiet and so um trusting that we got to take 12 and there were more tears and more emotion and more discovery than even on number one and I've never felt anything like that and Ed was the same and we spoke after that we we hugged after that scene for about 10 minutes everyone was crying gavin our dp was crying by the camera Peter was crying we were all just like what the hell just happened that was insane and i i spoke to ed later that day and i was like i've never felt anything like that on set before like that growth and growth of of depth in a scene after so many long takes and i, I don't really know why or how it happened but i think it had something to do with the way. Peter works but also how the whole crew and all the ADs kind of conducted the day it was so it's such a safe place to let it out basically.
0: That's amazing I, I also wanted to ask a bit about the notebook that you carry around on all of the projects that you do yeah. because I love the fact that you have this notebook where you know following doing scenes or, or different moments that you kind of keep a lot of notes in terms of what you've watched other performers doing what you've kind of picked up what you've learned from that particular moment along the way on the project but even with this one the, the working you know and sharing so many scenes with Mark Rylance that you mm-hmm. even just brought the notebook like into your conversations with yeah. him to take notes there um, and I was I was interested in in kind of from from all of the notes that you were taking and working on a project like this and because like you said earlier this is your first time leading a project of of this size for a whole series what are some of the things that you found yourself revisiting that you'd written down as notes in that notebook from working on it
1: oh my gosh everything <laughs> everything <laughs> I I mean I'm still on the same notebook um, at the moment so I still in it all the time and I go back every day and I just read little snippets and it's it's amazing actually how you can especially in acting I think you can learn something and think you get it and go about your day or your life knowing that you know it and then six months down the line you relearn it and you realize you didn't know this the half of it <laughs> and you 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 learn a whole new dimension to it and it's it's amazing i think i would recommend anyone who does this kind of work to write everything down that they learn everything because you you really process it when you write down but you also go when you go back to it you you have to relearn stuff all the time sometimes I'll be in like an acting class or like a working on a scene and I'll kind of remember a, a lesson that I've learned before and I think I haven't thought about that for six months and yet it's like at the core of what I need to be doing and I think acting is like spinning plates a lot of the time you've got to spin your plate of of like knowing your objective and your scene you've got to spin your plate of knowing your obstacle and you've got to spin the plate of your given circumstances and then spin the plate of what the hell's going on with your scene partner and like what they're giving you and reading them constantly and taking the temperature of them constantly and then spinning plates of your childhood characters childhood memories and core beliefs and you know, their character dynamic and their character problem and their current problem. And you're always spinning these plates and you're always going to drop one of them or two of them or three of them. And you may drop one of them for weeks and completely forget that that is something that you really need to have with you. And when you write stuff down and when you write all these notes and lessons down in in a book and carry it with you everywhere you go, you're constantly reminding yourself to pick up those plates and think, no, but what's their secret? And but what's their given circumstances and da, da, da. and I, I honestly think that we'll be dropping plates until we as actors until we die like I don't think you'll ever get to a point where you can fully carry all of the plates that's the goal but until then I'm gonna keep going back but yeah loads of stuff I mean stuff about presence I really gained from Mark because Mark Rylance is just an absolute master of presence and being present and And that is something that you can work on your whole life and never really understand. And he's just got it. And I actually asked him quite a few questions about it and um, just, yeah, shamelessly just wrote down what he said in front of him. Um, And I learned lots from Peter. I also learned a lot from Simon Pegg. um, And I learned a lot from Gavi who plays Saj, my, uh, Kesara's brother, Gavi Singchara, who's just, an astonishing actor who I think is really has a similar quality to Mark actually. And he's just amazing. And I I asked him a lot of questions and wrote down a lot and we discussed a lot of stuff and, and German who plays Vadim, we, we talk about craft quite a lot and um, we're always talking about, about yeah, concentration and focus and um, being open and being really open to letting things like transcend through you and, and big ideas to pass through you. And actually me and German, since, since doing the show, do this kind of weekly zoom call where we do our own actors on actors, you know, like the the actors and actors videos, we do our own one and we just talk about acting. It's so embarrassingly nerdy, but we, we love it. Um, So all of this stuff is written down and I constantly go back to it. Stuff about presence, stuff about, um, yeah prepping in the morning about having conversation with your character that's one thing I developed when I was shooting that I always go back to which was every morning speaking to Sarah and and almost like a prayer saying I I love you I trust you and she would say I love you I trust you and having a moment with her to thank her for telling her stories through us Mm -hmm. and um because I built her as a very separate person to me And that was something I talked to Mark about and and he has his own way of starting the day and all of this stuff I'm constantly going back to every day.
0: I love all of these details of everything that this experience of working on the series was for you. It's such a great character and such a great performance. And thank you so much, Hannah. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you.